0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Amen. I'd like you to please just thank the person who is sitting next to you for sitting next to you today. Uh, so I really thank you for, <laughs> they could have chosen anybody else, but thank, just thank them for the privilege to sit next to them this, this morning, okay? Um, where's Larry? Let's celebrate Larry. I don't even know why I'm preaching after you've preached, but it's okay. <laughs> but God bless you. God bless you. Um, and and it's, it's such an inspiring um, testimony. And I trust God that that testimony will be replicated in people's lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Let me ask the person next to you. Is this your first time at LifePoint? <laughs> where have where have you been? <laughs> okay, but if it's your first time at LifePoint, we really welcome you this Sunday morning. Thank you so much. Come on, LifePoint. Let's put our hands together and celebrate them. We 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 really thank you so much, so much for coming. Um, we trust God that you will not leave here the same. Okay, all right. I uh, long message alert. <laughs> long message. It, my notes are long. It's not my fault. <laughs> but I want to talk about the battlefield of the mind. We will continue this next week if I can't, and I know I won't finish, so we'll continue this next week. Um, Samuel, I probably will need the, that uh, flip chart. So I want to write something. So le- last week I wasn't here. I was in Abuja visiting with my son, and but I watched part of the service and I was telling Tokbe this morning, how am I going to preach after you preached? And I got to just celebrate Tokbei who... <laughs> Who preached last Sunday it's fantastic in case you are new here, you don't know, um, we have a name for her. In fact, she advised us <laughs> Ferrari, that's what we call her. <laughs> so that's what we call her. Okay. Let us read second Corinthians chapter <laughs> from chapter ten. Second Corinthians chapter ten. If you put it up on the screen, we can read together as a church. Did they tell you the songs I wanted to play today? They didn't tell you. Um, Let's read from verse 3, please. I'd like us to read together as a church. One, two, go. For though in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons... And not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So, um... Spiritual warfare, and I've been very excited about this discussion over the last couple of weeks. Oh, by the way, just before I start this discussion, um, a couple of people have mentioned to me that once in a while in service, somebody finds out that somebody is taking their phone or something, which is not nice. So uh, just please make sure you have all your items with you. And I just want to say to anyone who might mistakenly have come to church today, hoping to borrow without permission somebody else's items, i.e. to steal somebody's things, This is church. Uh, So please don't do it. In fact, you shouldn't do it anywhere. Okay? And God will provide for you. All right? Help me tell the person next to you, don't take anybody's things. That are not your... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, as I was saying. Okay. Because you just see somebody just stand up in the center and start dancing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so spiritual warfare. So anytime we talk about spiritual warfare, because we're Africans, typically we think about witches, black cats, jazz men, and all that stuff. devil has moved on. <laughs> Moved on. It's more sophisticated. I said they were pressing him at night. I was like, we don't do that anymore. They've moved on. They've the version three, version four. They released those versions where they used to come at night and pressing the guy. The demons have long moved on. They don't have that. They don't have that kind of. They don't have that kind of uh, energy anymore. They're more sophisticated. Okay, and so Paul begins to explain to us that the theater of warfare. And by the way, it's like chess. Does anybody who plays chess here? Oh, a couple of people. Where's Pamela? Pamela, come, let's play chess. Let's welcome Pamela. <laughs> because oftentimes, uh, they... And it's not like you're not going and show yourself, you know. <laughs> I don't really know how to play like that. I did beat my daughter this morning uh, in chess. I did, I did. She's, she's but but i like us to play chess as I speak about this, because to help somebody understand what I'm saying. But oftentimes, you know how to arrange the things. Okay. And this is on the altar, so if you can't do any funny moves or anything. (laughs) Okay, but but oftentimes, um, there's an ongoing battle that we seem to be unaware of. Proverbs 4, the writer says, um, to above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows out of it. It says, guard your heart at all diligence, for out of it come the issues of life. Um, I've been saying to the leaders that what we are contesting for in this season is our very lives. That you know, spiritual warfare kind of starts when you take responsibility under God for the outcomes of your life. So it's not a witch, a wizard, it's not, a, it's not someone in some village somewhere, it's not the recession, it's you under God who will determine the very outcomes of your life. That is, for me, it's the posturing of spiritual warfare. That's where we start. Okay? And and so oftentimes, um, life is like chess. Wh- why are you white? <laughs> so life is like chess, and you have to start. And, and then the, the devil opens up with moves, so even while we're still very young. And, you know, we all have different things. And I'm, I'm confused because I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> but so for some people, there are early experiences that start. Uh, while they were young, something tragic happened. While they were young, someone said something. While they were young, they had something. So it's it's a it's a warfare that the different pieces. So there are pawns. This one is the what is this one? This the rook. And they all go in different directions. For different people, it's different things. And now I'm just moving pieces because now I'm confused. Because I really don't know <laughs> what she's doing. And I'm trying to concentrate on the message and preach at the same time and do this. So that's the excuse for if I lose. But what happens is that <laughs> What happens is that there's... For some of us, we're unaware that the reason why you were physically abused when you were seven was because there's a concept called strongholds. Ah, take one. Wow. She took one, by the way. (laughs) There's a concept called strongholds, and it's the... You're copying me. Is the... (laughs) It's it's the it's the um, it's the fortifying of a place of a city, um, typically in warfare, uh, so that it becomes like a base of operation. And, and we find that you uh, have to play. We find that <laughs> we find that term used in that scripture that we just read. Because, you know, Paul says that we demolish strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You're going to continue. But, just continue. And, and... You guys are watching her, right? (laughs) I wonder what strongholds the devil has set. And these are in people's minds. So... um, so, so, so it's not, it's, it's often disregarded, it's often not, it's often taken for granted. How, how do you identify a stronghold? You've played, right? How do you identify a stronghold? How do you identify a stronghold? that well, Dam, miss mentioned the scripture when she was sharing her God experience um, it's in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, even though we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it says, let's lay down every weight and the sin that so easily besets. Um, the message translation of that scripture speaks about parasitic sins. In the Amplified, it says, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us and I've heard somebody say that there's sometimes sin or behavior that seems to be custom made for you and and so how do I identify strongholds so sometimes it's sinful habits and destructive behaviors that we just can't seem to shake off and so one question I want to start out with this morning is that is there an area of life in which I have concluded that I am helpless? Is there something that I'm dealing with, a sinful habit that I have concluded that I am helpless? There is nothing that I can do. Where have I created a rationalization for a sinful habit or a weakness? Because that is often indicative of a stronghold that the devil has put in our minds. So, so, that's the first place. You know, I think in those days when I used to uh, do what controls work in financial service and all that stuff, there was something called the fraud triangle, and they used to say how that it was important for three things to be in place for people to comfortably commit fraud. There was opportunity, there was rationalization. I can't remember the last one sorry incentive thank you and so what have i rationalized to say look look that's how i heard my grandfather was and and so because what what happens when is that it's a stronghold and from the stronghold the devil then exerts over our lives is it my move now or your move it's my move okay just to make it interesting. Second thing, knowledge, memories, or imaginations which constantly create negative emotional states. How do I identify strongholds in my life? So what knowledge is it that you've acquired over the last couple of years what memory is it that you carry in your heart, in your mind? What imagination of the future that constantly plays in your heart that almost of a certainty creates negative emotional states in your heart? You know, the First Peter he speaks about the need to be sound-minded or sober-minded. It says, so that you can pray. I think it's 1 Peter 4, 7. It says, therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer. And and what happens when there is a stronghold, and for some people, it's a... a, something that happened years ago, it's a memory. For some people, it's something somebody told you. For some people, it's an imagination of the future, how you think you are going to be. And every time... You process it in your mind, the negative emotional state that you arrive in. For, for some people, it's you've got into the place where you expect the worst, so that you will not be disappointed. That is almost how um, a number of years I used to watch Arsenal games. I'm telling you, I'll just come. Before the game, they are going to lose. I know they are going to lose. No, 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 no. How are they playing in Barcelona? Ah, They will lose. 10-0. 10-0. Mm-hmm. And if they win, I say, ah, they won. OK, thank God. But if they lose, I say, I said it. I said it. I knew they were going to lose. But I realized that it wasn't the way God had created life to be lived. Some people go into relationships expecting that the relationship will not work. It's a stronghold. You, you, you are prepared you know that by the third month, something will happen. By the way, I no longer support Arsenal. (laughs) I I am too old to inflict pain (laughs) on myself and my family members when I'm not being paid. (laughs) It's not right. Nobody in my generation. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so what is it? Where are the strongholds? Because Paul is very clear that this is a theater of war. So he's destroying strongholds. You can't play twice. Yeah. I know. play twice. <laughs> Another way to identify strongholds in your mind. And this is not the kind of message that as we talk about it, you in your mind you're saying, Hey, I hope to lose listening to this. I just hope to lose listening. The second way or one third way I like to say we can identify strongholds in our minds is when there are blessings and promises of God that we cannot imagine for ourselves. So you cannot see yourself wealthy. You cannot see yourself free. You can't see yourself happily married. You can't see yourself peaceful. some of you, there are places you cannot see yourself working in. There are some of you places where, when they say Banana Island, you're like, hmm. Sometimes when someone shares a testimony, the testimony literally walks across your mind and walks out. Your mind has... There's no, it, it has no ability to process. For some of you, when you hear certain figures, you get a headache. The one billion dollars, just have a headache somewhere. But are there blessings of God or promises of God that you cannot imagine for yourself? And typically, you have a reason why. For some of us, it's the constant evil for but you just are constantly it's like you go through life constantly you know expecting bad things to happen just you think you're spiritual but you're just it's almost like you're borderline paranoid um perhaps 15 15 in the amplifier says all the days of the desponding and afflicted are made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings but he who has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. Holy Spirit. Fourth thing how do I identify when there is a stronghold? An inability to summon the will and courage. You're retreating. <laughs> inability to summon the will and courage concerning an object of desire. The, an inability to so summon will and courage concerning an object of desire. I'll bring it home straight to you. There's something you want to do. You you really want to do it. But you have it's almost as if you lack the capacity on the inside. To gather yourself together to approach it. You've been looking at this girl for a while. You have shared scripture. You have smiled. I've even helped you in service. Say you love, uh, you said it. God has even all sorts. But you remember what Falaket did the last time. How she told you that it's not, people of, it's not people of your social status that talk to people like her. And so it's stronghold. So when you wake up in the morning, you can't even pray. You're thinking of this girl. But when you see her, you can't say anything. <laughs> for some of you, it's a job you know you want, yet you cannot apply for. For some of you, it's a restoration in a relationship, and yet you can't walk up to the person. The Bible says that in 1 Samuel 16, that all the men of Israel, talking about Goliath, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. And Goliath wasn't beating them up just yet. The Bible says he would just show up, and then he would begin to just taunt them. Who are you? And he would just tell them stories. I will destroy you, your father, your mother, everything. When I, ah. And then verse 32 of 1 Samuel 16, David said to Samuel or to Saul, said, Let no man's heart fail because of him. So there was heart failure happening on account of so there was a stronghold. And when you read further down, the Bible says that Goliath cost David by his gods. So that paralyzing fear that he had set into the hearts of trained warriors wasn't just of natural origin. The Bible says he was coursing by his gods. In my mind, I just say, how big could this guy be? surely if 50 of us rush him, as we used to say where I come from, in the Nez hometown, that we just rush the boy, at least, you know, surely we can bring him down. There's this concept called lend helplessness where you're just absorbed in worry and anxiety and unable to Move towards the thing. So we're talking. Scripture is speaking about strongholds, spiritual warfare, the battle, field of the mind. That's the fourth one. The last one I would like to mention this morning, and we just examine how Scripture expects us to approach those things, an inability to walk in love towards a person or towards a particular people type. So, because what happens is that it seems, if you watch, I think it's the weakest link, where they're going around and answering questions. They get to a particular question, and someone says, bank. right? And all the money that's been earned is then. So sometimes what happens is, as we interact with people, and especially in conflict, some of that pain, we, it's almost as if we've banked it in the inner recesses of our soul and and we begin to get this harvest of negative emotions and so that even when we want to there's it just seems like there's a fortress it just seems like there's a fortress so hebrews 12:15 says looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So help, help me ask your lovely neighbor, are there any strongholds in your heart? <laughs> so I, I read again from Second Corinthians 10. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. It says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And then he begins to explain in verse 5 how we demolish strongholds. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I just want to very quickly explore that. Now, you you might not have noticed, but as we've played chess this morning, I haven't really paid attention to what Pamela is doing. It's not an excuse, but I find it difficult to understand How she's set up. And that oftentimes is the challenging things with with strongholds in our mind. So Paul says we have to deal with arguments and pretensions. When you read Ephesians chapter six, scripture speaks about the weapons or the armor of God. We'll explore different parts of that armor in the next couple of weeks. And I was saying to them on Thursday as we discussed the blood of Jesus that when you go to war, you cannot show up in your nicest jeans just because they are nice. I know it's, what's a nice pair of jeans nowadays? What's a nice designer? You can't help me. Sorry? Okay, we know it's, it's, okay, I don't, okay. True religion, is that a real brand? Okay, okay, Uh, it just kind of fits since we're in church, okay? We know it's your true religion jeans, but that is not what you are meant to wear to battle. It's shredded in the right place like they showed in the movie. It's the right color. It matches your T-shirt. But that is not what you're supposed to wear to battle. So I'm very... I'm very passionate this month that every stronghold that the enemy seems to have... Where's my queen? No, no, you can't... Where did you take my queen? Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't see where you took it. I'm sorry. And I'm not really joking. I'm serious. Oh, okay. That's how you want to play. Okay. No problem. No problem. i just... Devil is a liar. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> we are all my officials. <laughs> just wait just we are coming, <laughs> distracted. But I, I think that that's the word. I think that sometimes we're too distracted by life. To, and, and I tell you, no lie, I, I didn't see that coming. So Paul says, one of the ways to break strongholds is to deal with arguments and pretensions. In my notes, I said, you know, using the truth to recalibrate your mind. As my pastor said to us that the greatest form of deliverance a man can get is an encounter with the truth. I know for some of us, we've inherited arguments, from our parents, arguments from our tribe, arguments from our nationality, we've inherited arguments where they say only this type of person can do this type of thing. For some of us, we've believed something that is not the truth because it is convenient and consistent with our circumstances. Because it's a bit of a challenge to believe the truth because then there's that tension because you can see your circumstances, something that is very clearly not what. So the serpent will say to Eve, did God really say? I don't know what it is. So John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. I don't know in what I don't know what argument is going on in your heart. I don't know if there's an argument that's been saying you cannot, you cannot be a successful entrepreneur. I don't know if there's an argument that's been saying you actually cannot be a successful Christian. Nobody in your generation has been a proper Christian. I mean, look at it. Why are you forming Look at Uncle Kende. Look at your father. They, you know they, are, they go to church, but you know they're not really. I said, so why are you now trying? I don't know what I For someone, it's an argument in your career. For someone, it's an argument in your relationships. And the you know, scripture speaks about the belt of truth. And I believe that there is a requirement for God's people to flood their hearts and minds with truth. Just very deliberately. I was talking about the blood of Jesus on Sunday. On Thursday. And I was telling them how, you know, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus speaks better things for us than the blood of Abel. And it's just a requirement for us to sometimes just let the blood of Jesus just thunder through our souls. So that where there have been arguments before, just the voice of the blood just windows arguments on our behalf. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Let me shake somebody next to you and tell them you've got to know the truth. Because these arguments are not arguments that you win with logic. I know you can argue. I know if arguing was an Olympic sport, you can represent our country. No problem. But this is not the kind of argument. You know there's a way you argue with somebody, but the person has superior facts. Sometimes when I argue with my wife, I know I get into a corner when I know in this particular one, her facts are slightly superior to mine. Emphasis on slightly. <laughs> so now use other things. Hey, hey, What is it? What do you mean? Look, I don't want to discuss this matter now. Let's 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 talk about it later. But when Paul talks about the bringing down arguments and pretensions, we can't use human logic to win. Which is why Bible study is not an optional course for a Christian. It's not something you do just to say, I've had quiet time. No. <laughs> and you know, we don't prepare for battle in the day of battle. So, so right now, there are people who should be literally chewing up chapters of the Bible. just Literally just putting in their soul scripture upon scripture. And this has nothing to do with whether you're going to be a pastor or not. No. This is because you understand that there's the concept of strongholds. And Paul says we destroy arguments and pretensions. Hmm. What else does Paul say there? And by the way, I think you've almost won, have you? You're feeling proud now. I oh, know. Yeah, that's good. What else does Paul say there? He says, bringing down every, bringing every thought. Says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'll try and end on this today. I talk about mental discipline. I like to say that we must appoint gatekeepers for our mind. So, typically, when you play chess, there are some pieces which should help you defend. Go ahead, do what you do—the evil that you are planning. <laughs> and some which should help you attack. I was asking myself this morning as I prepared. I know my iPad has a password. My phone has a password. I'm saying, does my mind have a password? how do I protect the integrity of my mind? <clears throat> I know I've said it before that my mind is not a dustbin or a refuse dump. In fact, that's a good one to tell someone. Just let me look at them. Your mind is not a dustbin. <laughs> it sounds good. You should tell them again. Your mind is not a dustbin. <laughs> Paul says in Philippians 4, eight. finally brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So when you think about the gatekeepers of your mind in this spiritual battle, There are a couple of guys. There's a guy called Truth. There's a guy called Lovely. Well, uh, sounds more like a lady, but there's there's someone called Lovely. There's Pure. There's Good Report. And this is important (laughs) because Scripture says, "Out of our hearts come the issues." of life. Okay, take it that you've almost won. It's okay. But what I find is that there's a flood. There's real spiritual attack. <laughs> I've been, I'll say to the leaders of the last one or two weeks that the biggest form of spiritual attack I find in this generation is hopelessness. And I said, I can't count the number of people I meet who, when I look at their lives, I was like, ah, you, you've got things going on for you. You just come back from the abroad, have you? You have a degree from that fine place. Um, You have a car. You have a house. You can talk, speak decent English. You have things, you have a job. You have a boyfriend. You have things going on. You look confused. <laughs> you are sweating. <laughs> you beat me in chess. <laughs> but, but what happens is everyone can see things are going on well for you. Your father can see it. Your friends can see it. The devil can see it. But guess what? You can't see it. And so when you meet, we're like, ah, but he says, no, I want to end my life. Ah, you're like, How? How did you get here? It's a spiritual attack. It's a spiritual attack. So mental discipline, how do we break strongholds? The Bible says we bring down, we destroy arguments and pretensions. It says, and then you bring thoughts into obedience. The Bible says God has not given us spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. It means my mind doesn't just I don't just they don't just bring everything and put inside my mind and I just like it's fine. It came from if I start say I'm always attacking social media. It came from Instagram, so I can read it. There are things which I read the first line and I stop. Some of you guys, even by the picture they put next to you, you should know that it's not for you. Guys, say Amen. When you see you just you see, just plead the blood and you move on. It's not for you to have a clicking and say, I just want to see what these useless people are doing. <laughs> Protect the integrity of your mind. Protect. So you literally should have a password for your mind gatekeepers. In this season, um, I, I, you know, we put up that sign that says "Don't give up," and it's more than not just giving up. It's about taking your stand and saying, "This is my life that Jesus died for." Between me and Jesus, we will see the outcomes that God desires. Everything, nothing missing, nothing broken. The Bible says, no longer shall the teeth of the children be set on edge because their fathers ate sore grapes. Our fathers have done what they have done, fantastic. But our lives must be represented. And that is spiritual. It's when we stand and say, it doesn't matter, you, you know, there, are, there are serious witches in Obamashore and Ibadan and other places, you know. Uh, and I, it doesn't matter where they would, would the witches were. It doesn't matter what they said about where I came from. So this week, it's two things I'd like us to focus on in prayer. It's arguments and pretensions. And as I speak, uh, prepared for the service, look, there's someone who um, you're still investing in porn. It's amazing how, you know, Dami then came to share her God experience. You're still investing in porn. And specifically, you know I'm talking about you because you've been watching child porn. And God says, you know, it's time to clean shop if you want to talk to me after service you can um, i'm sure you have our number you can call uh 00 don't mind my handwriting okay you can call or text that number just say i need to speak to pi and they'll put they would they would they would get you in touch with me and it was very strong in my heart the greatest form of deliverance a man can get, a person can get, is an experience with the truth. What is the truth? John 7 77, your word is the truth. <sighs> the, and I'll say this over and over again all through this month the violent take it by force. When so this is a call to prayer in this season. It's a call to prayer. Because prayer allows the Spirit of God to breathe upon the waters of our heart. And the light comes, the Bible says, and darkness cannot comprehend it. In, in Luke 22, Jesus is saying to, to, Paul, to Peter, he says, look, Simon, he says, the devil has sought to have you as with, to so sift you as with. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith will, will not fail. So there is something that prayer does as we mind our minds. There's something that Prayer does. It, it even, for some of us, we do not even know where the strong goals are. And as we pray in the spirit, what begins to happen? God begins to show you the memories and the imaginations that constantly lead you to a negative emotional state. He begins to show you where there seems to be a cap in your imagination. Next week, we're talking about how you would expose your mind to God, how your mind is renewed, how you become abundant in the, in the mind, uh, uh, how you introduce light into the mind. But when you pray, especially pray in the Spirit, God begins to show you certain things. There's a a huge amount of violence that I'm hoping to inspire in the next couple of weeks that people just vex and say, enough is enough. I read this in closing, 2 Kings chapter 7 and 3. The Bible says, and it speaks about the story of the Israelites who were under siege. In Second Kings chapter seven and three, the Bible says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said to one another, Why sit we here until we die? And essentially what they said was, We're in a bad place. But is it not good for us to even try? Go forward. And you know, that's that's my last word for someone today. That one way that we also break strongholds is sometimes just to shock your mind and dare new things. I was talking to someone in this church recently, I can't remember who it was. I'm not even gonna say. And we're talking about how she had not traveled out of the country. I was like, ah, you have passport? Yes. You have money, yes. Hey. Trust me that, you know, I know some of you have been traveling since you were one, no problem. The rest of us, you know there's a way when you travel in your teens or early 20s, when you get to a new country, it's like a shock. (laughs) Of course, you have to form like, you know, you've been here before, but it's a shock to you. And you have to take your minds to certain places as never been before in God. And so, for some, somebody just needs to vex and travel. Travel by road, doesn't matter. Just head out. Somebody needs to buy a new set of books. Somebody needs to talk to someone. You know, there's company that you get in. When you get home, you reconsider your entire life. Your entire life, from start to finish, just like let me let me just start from the day I was born to where I am. You just recons- you've been out one evening, just like ah no, this is this. There is more to life than this. <laughs> so someone, this guy said, we can't just sit here. They I mean, okay, we are already agreed it's a bad place. We're going to die. Okay, but so there's someone who again the same thing I had as I prepared. You okay? You've already decided things are bad. We agree with you. It's bad. We're not saying to you, why don't you just get up and do something new? It's a wide range of things. Someone is learning something new. Someone is talking to somebody. Someone is trying to, as much as even start a love project. We've been talking about this for months. Someone is writing a business plan. Someone is saying, I'm going to walk with God and conquer this habit. Someone is saying, I'm going to give myself a new expectation. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to start doing this. Remember how I said you identify strongholds, where you get to the place where you've given up. say It doesn't happen for people like me. Prayer is extremely important, and I'm going to ask towards the end of the month, we're going to call for a fast. Fantastic fast, three days, no food, no social media. We're just going gangster. Just (laughs) by shouting, Yeah, yeah, we'll see you. (laughs) That's a a real dry fast. No social media, three days. Your eyes will be red. I, I don't know what's happening on Instagram. Then we come out of it. And then there's night of increase. that season. Ha! Fire. When people see you, they know you have been with the Lord. (laughs) But help me tell someone next to you. Tell them your life is greater than this. And that as long as you are sitting next to me, (laughs) you must become who God has called you to be. If I look at the person on the other side and tell them, Fight! In fact, tap the person. they said, "Fight, my brother, man." <laughs> the Bible says, "The kingdom of God suffers violence." On Thursday, I was saying the generations in front of us that we laugh at in all their clumsiness and religiousness, that they knew something about fighting. So they would wake up in the middle of the night and be kabashing. We're on Twitter. Because we understand grace. They don't understand grace. They don't understand how God works suddenly. So they will call 21 days fast. Your mind, like, for what? How many days are in the year? (laughs) But they had the fight. And the funny thing is that they had testimonies. The Bible says that the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Our promise that we shall be greater than our fathers. So we will fight. In fact, and I and I said, there's someone, and you know I'm speaking about you. You have you've stopped fighting. But well, God said, this is not what the blood of Jesus was shed for. You've stopped fighting. Well, God said, no way. I know you wish you didn't come to church this Sunday, <laughs> but we have to fight. Would we pray this morning? It's a draw. I almost won, but because we're on the altar, you said, hey, what? As a draw, I almost one. I can see it. Abby? I can't see, it. Okay, I can't see it. But does someone just want to present their mind to God this morning? And just say, Father, the Bible says, out of the heart flow the issues of life. I bring my heart, my mind, under the covering of that speech that proceeds from the blood of Jesus. And so it means that. No evil can dwell in my mind anymore. I bring every argument, every pretension. I serve them notice this morning. For some of you, you know the arguments already. There's been roaring in your hearts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You just serve it notice this Lord's Day and say, that's the end. It's the end. It's the end. Every mental limitation Unable, every blessing of God that I've been able to say, this, this, this is mine. I've, any place in God that you have been unable to see yourself because w- w- you've prescribed boundaries and barriers using the experiences of those who had gone before you. Sometimes it's just the, the certificate of your past pain and you say, this is how they said I should be and will be. I'd like someone to just go ahead and present their heart and their mind to God this morning. Scripture says that we have the mind of Christ. It says it's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound mind. I refuse for my mind to be a dustbin. I refuse for the devil to build strongholds in the mind that the blood of Jesus has paid for my mind. Paid for by the blood. The Bible says, "Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you might be able to prove what which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God." My Father in heaven, let my life prove that which is your good, acceptable, and perfect will. Here is my heart; renew it. We said sometimes you have to recalibrate your heart with the truth. And so I is to say, Father, I approach you, Holy Spirit. The Bible says He is the Spirit of truth and will lead us into all truth. I refuse to go ahead with a lie. I refuse to carry on with cob with pretensions. I summon my judge from heaven, the one whose arguments are superior. The prophet said, "Show me where it fell." it is time to show the bully of your soul and say my older brother is here the bible says Jesus is the firstborn amongst many brethren and say yes this is the one who you have to fight and deal with David said let no man's heart fail him let no man's heart fail him Father, we call you who is the resurrection and the life today. The hearts that have failed, we call a resurrection this morning in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We raise the standard of the spirit. Where they said this far, no farther. The God of our breakthrough. Come forth for us. I refuse to be limited in my heart, in my capacity to imagine. The Bible says we destroy strongholds. We bring every thought to obedience. We exercise the power in the blood. We exercise the power in the blood. I like you to begin to speak over your life. I like you to begin to speak over your life. I like you to begin to speak over your life. Do not let the devil keep you quiet in this prayer. I like you to begin to speak over your life and say together with Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com/lifepointng.